You're listening to PodcastJuice.net. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Podcast Juice on PodcastJuice.net with your host, Michael Dean. And from the dead. Ooh. From the dead, okay. I don't know where she was gone, but Toya Tanay Taylor. How are you doing? I'm blessed. I just got put in the same category as Jesus. Oh, there you go. You came resurrection. Resurrected. You'd be like Tupac. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Long time no see. I'm sort of talked before, but. Yeah, man. How you been? I'm good. You know, I could I could complain, but I won't. And I'm just happy to be back on the podcast, Juice. All right. All right. Good to have you back. Um, so today... We're going to do as we normally do and get into a, a multitude of topics, a gumbo topic, as you will. So we have our bowl and we have our plate. We're ready to crack open some crag leg, crab legs. Excuse me. Uh, so the first topic up today is I'm going to read the headlines. Black student forced to participate in slavery reenactment. Mm-hmm. Toya, can you, can you give us some of the rundown on this a little bit? Yeah, so it looks like what happened was two parents have filed a human rights complaint against the Hartford school system after their 12-year-old daughter was forced to participate in a slavery reenactment on a class trip. So Hmm. last year, Sandra and James Baker of Farmington, Connecticut, sent their daughter to the Hartford Magnet Trinity College Academy on a four-day class trip uh, to the Nature's Classroom program in Massachusetts. And when their daughter, who is an African-American, returned home, she told her parents that during the trip, she was uh, told to call her instructor's master, and if she what? ran away, they were going to whip her, and they would whip me until I bled on the floor and then either cut my Achilles so I couldn't run, and they would, if they caught me, I could be hung. Wow. Keeping it. One thousand. Okay, so this was all done on a, a four-day trip. class trip. Kind of a yeah now I wonder, retreat. The kids know that they're going to do this when they get. See, there. so that's my thing is you know I, I'm not opposed to children reenacting, you know things from Real the Jewish hol- Holocaust or mm-hmm. the African Holocaust but that has to be something that parents buy into like it has to be a whole community agreed upon venture it can't be something that my child come ho- comes home and says mommy you know I was told to act like I was like, called a nigga today <laughs> I was called a nigga today and um, I had to pick cotton had to pick cotton and you played Django <laughs> basically yeah if it was sort of sprung on them that, that would be definitely out of line absolutely because that's something that you know i feel a parent has to prepare their child for that's a conversation that you have with your child so that they feel they can have questions it's something that's done in kind of a form setting with Mm -hmm. other parents and the instructors and the people who are going to you know it's going to take place with but you just don't put my child in any type of setting where it could be devastating or you know yeah, I guess and the other side, though, to me is, I, well, personally, I have no problem with them reenacting right. slavery because that's right. real. And I think kids need to know I agree. how gruesome that situation is. On one hand, yeah, I would say, see, as I think about it as I'm speaking, I don't know if I have a problem with it sort of just being brought up because do they bring up the rest of the curriculum with me? 
when they teach it just because it's a little more uncomfortable might be no but they're not reenacting it either just because it's a yeah. conversation i mean true. we've had conversations in history class uh, not to say that they were true you know depictions of our history so to speak but that's a whole nother conversation but we've had conversations about um slavery and you know how america came to be and mm. blah 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 but Pearl Harbor, guess, we've had I mean, those conversations. If it's a reenactment and it's sort of isolating kids and making If you're them running my child, you're chasing crazy. my child through the woods, <laughs> well, that's calling them niggers, <laughs> you know, telling them to pick quote unquote cotton. Well, I that's a black off you. That, yeah, that's, you know what I mean? That's yeah, different. That's, that's different, especially in an environment that's unknown, it's dark. You know, but it's a true reenactment of slave trade. Like a lot of Africans didn't know they was about to get snatched up. So I, I mean, I don't, I, listen. But but let me, as right. a parent, make the decision. Be able to say this is something my child can participate because then I'm going to be extremely clear be on what's going it. to occur. Yeah. Right, and prepare my child. You know, you just that's not something your child comes home. Man, what if one of your kids came home, Michael? Today in class, my teacher called me a called me the N word. Well, yeah. And told me I was less than human. If it was done to illustrate a point and to show like how that was wrong. Okay, and it's what a reenactment. And they ripped my shirt off well, me. Yeah, okay. And I'm just saying it's a reenactment. <laughs> yeah, that's that ripping the clothes is that's crossing the line. Uh, okay, so now there's there's the boundaries. There's certain Well, you can never rip somebody's clothes. Why not? Off. A teacher but you can, can rip you can, clothes off? But you can you can chase them through the woods and call them niggers without parent permission. Well, again, I, like I said, I, I think they need to have permission because it's not politically correct. But, ain't no but I don't have a problem with them talking about slavery and being brutally honest about it in the classroom because I think that's a good thing. Do I think they should be chasing them in nothing and springing this slavery enactment? No, I don't agree with that. I agree with you. That's wrong. But. I was curious. I don't know if the kids knew about the they knew, knew they knew 30 minutes before the activity okay. occurred. Did they have a choice to get into it or not? They were or? told that they, they had a choice. You to be a slave or you flunk. <laughs> <laughs> Cold blooded. Yeah, I mean, I know this. I mean, listen, on the surface of it, hearing it, it sounds pretty bad. Uh, it sounds like it was not a good experience for kids. I hope that at the end of the day, I hope that. Everybody learned something. And, and they don't talk about if the child felt that they were devastated or if they felt like they learned something about slavery. And, but to me, I think the concept is worth um, discussing. But it has to be done in the right way, and it has to be, it has to be supported by the community. Yeah, and I'm seeing here, this was, uh, I think you mentioned, this is Connecticut schools, school system. And apparently, you know, it hasn't stopped them from doing this "quote unquote" skit. Uh, they're still doing it. The parents of the young girl have are, pulled her are from suing. The, uh, and so, pulled her from the school district. Yeah. And you know, hey, you have a right to sue. Um, if the you know the kid felt terrorized, and I agree with that. Um, but I think to the school probably it's, it's something that's ongoing. I find that very interesting. I don't know if there are other black kids or kids of any color that are there even if it's a kid it does i guess on one hand if the kid has is colored or not i think this could be a very traumatic sort of thing because it's a very traumatic 
event, you know, thing that happened. Uh, and so to be put in that position to hear, you're going to see sort of firsthand what these people heard and what it kind of felt like. Again, you'll never really know what it felt like till you feel that whip across your back or being pulled from your culture and transported to another land. But I don't know. It's very, very interesting. I, I'm I, on one hand, I'm glad that they have this reenactment. Yes, I would rather them sort of give people a fair warning, but I think it's good that they do this. I think all kids should go through that. Personally, I mean, well, you know, they they do they do have museums, and they do have true. they have African Holocaust museums, the Jewish Holocaust Museum, where it's a safe environment. The kids can ask questions. There's someone who is very knowledgeable about the history who is going mm-hmm. to curate it and what have you. So I don't know. I just think that it has to be discussed on how things like this are implemented and followed sure. through. Bottom sure. line, I, I don't think that it's wrong. I just think there's a right way to go about doing it. And the wrong way is not having parental. Um, not having their permission. Yeah. 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 I, I just see this as a great uh, reality show. Like, No, don't be, say that. That's not nice. Sli- no, I'm just saying like. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> you have to survive. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised, man. I, I wouldn't be surprised. They reality reality show for everything. It'd be like else. Survivor, but it'd be like a you know, slaves get off the ship, the slave yeah, ship. See if you can survive the underground slave ship. railroad. Actually, and it talks about they were reenacting the underground railroad in this article. Yeah. So, so yeah, again, very interesting. Add a few diseases to the. To <laughs> What's the, it now? I said add a few diseases, some chicken oh, pox yeah. and smallpox and. Yeah, see who survives. It's not not fun. All right, let's let's get away from that. Um, you want to go into the John Singleton thing? We can. You can go ahead. Okay. All right. So next up, uh, John Singleton, of course, very uh, famous uh, movie director. Did Boys in the Hood, uh, which was probably one of his greater movies. Uh, he also did the movie that I can't even think of that stars the young man from Twilight, which is a complete failure. Which was his last movie. I just have to put the different contrasts in there. Um, But anyway, he wrote a guest column for The Hollywood Reporter. And uh, his article was about, can a white director make a great black movie? And his sort of point was to say that, you know, because of the success of movies like The Help and 47, or 42, excuse me, who had, uh, you know, starred and was about black Excuse me, I'm just tripping. Black people, African Americans, but they were directed by white directors. Excuse me, Ugh. podcast use, and uh, <laughs> but they were directed by white directors. And these movies, particularly The Help, was a very successful movie. And in his opinion, is starting to start a trend where they are going to create these black movies without the input of black people or black directors I think the main one he talks about is the upcoming James Brown biopic that is coming uh, that's being directed that's a white director as well by a white director wow and some people are you know sort of how you know how is that possible blah 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 but then you have I think some people and even he makes the point that it is a British director I believe and anyone who knows music particularly soul music uh, England London in the UK has a very high appreciation for soul black music more so than American American people do um, which has always been the case so maybe on one hand it's probably good that they are doing this because they probably know way more about it than most American people do which is a shame in terms of James Brown's story and you know they have Mick Jagger I believe is involved in this 
and, and what have you. So there is that argument. Um, you know, you had the color purple, a very popular movie. Uh, it was directed by a Jewish man, Steven Spielberg. Um, and then you've had movies like Malcolm X, which of course was directed by Spike Lee. So the question is, can a white director be authentic enough to make a black movie? And, you know, you, you raised a great point offline about, you know, the financing behind black movies and can right. you give finance? So I, I just want to start to say by, I think that a director or a storyteller can direct any sort of movie he wants and can make it good if they do the proper research and flesh out the story properly right but i think a lot of people the the debate is going to be is that you know some things are about feeling some things are about knowing because you've lived it and if you don't have that then you know you're really not having a clear understanding you're just going out and who's to say the research is correct that you do true you know so and and there can be certain nuances that black people have or any race would have that only people in that sort of group would understand there's a lot of nuances in black life that you know if you don't there's a lot of things that we can say to each other or the way that we say things that we would know and, that was real and you know go ahead and you know what i think that the the thing is for us is that we always just feel like we get ripped off man we just don't get our just due for our music for our art for our history like it doesn't get acclaimed acknowledgement until somebody white does it i think that's the issue for us at the end of the day is that we've been telling these stories we've been singing our music we've been doing our dances we've been inventing things since the beginning of time but we don't get credit for it and you know i think that's the issue here is that in 2013 we should be able to make the same money we should be able to get the same funding to tell our stories in an authentic way we don't get acknowledged and i'm a i'm a tyler fair i'm a tyler perry fan Mm -hmm. I am, but we don't get acknowledged until our men dress up in women's clothing or, you know, we screaming and hollering, getting the Holy Ghost in church on on screen. Okay, but but who's doing the acknowledgement? Because those Tyler when I say acknowledge, like we're not bringing in the money, we're not getting funding funded. Who is the ones responsible for the Tyler Perry success? It's not white people. They're not going to see Medea. They're not responding to that. We are. I'm, so. I'm just saying that I, I feel like, and I could, you're right. I'm not going to disagree with that. But, you know, we don't get the Oscars until Denzel does training day. Sure. We don't get the Oscars okay. until Holly Berry I does. Agree with you. you know I what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is, is when we tell these authentic stories, you know, they go unnoticed at the box office and they go unnoticed in acclaimed places like the Oscars and what have you. So therefore people don't fund them. Well, okay. And I look at it this way. And this is very interesting that John Singleton, you know, you've heard Spike Lee say that Spike Lee just did a very successful Kickstarter campaign for his new movie uh, funded by people as opposed to Hollywood. But the thing is to, to go on the whole funding thing. I look at it this way. You have Tyler Perry. You brought up Tyler Perry. He's a great example. So Tyler Perry, he owns his own studio, right? Yeah. Like, they, he own. He is an owner. Yeah. And he's got movies coming out at least once or twice per year. Mm-hmm. Has no problem funding his movies mm-hmm. are that, that are movies for black audiences. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and I think his movies are getting more diverse as he has. Sure, I don't. I'm not a fan really of his movies per se. Mm. But I say this. I bring him up to say, why does Spike Lee, John Singleton, and these other nameless black directors not follow his lead and put their money where their mouth is and oh. create their own yeah. studio, Absolutely. so they don't have to go to the quote unquote white man to get funding? Because I have yet to see Tyler Perry complain about him not making not being able to make any movie that he wants. He's got right. movies. He's got mad TV shows. Yeah. And he's and support owner. Oprah Winfrey he and him been have been partnered on several. Yeah. He's not been in the game as long as either one of those two gentlemen. And he's doing it. He has not had the critical acclaim as either one of those two gentlemen, clearly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not been, not, cold, his movies have not been nominated for anything. Both of them have had movies nominated for Oscars. But for some reason, they don't take their money and have enough invested uh, in, That's a whole in, nother, in their selves right. to make it so they're still playing victim, hmm. crying about why we can't do this and why they ain't doing it. It's a mentality. And then here goes this black man. It's a mentality. Like, you don't hear him claim about it. And I'll bring another sort of wild argument to throw in here 50 Cent. Okay, yeah. listen. 50 Cent has Cheetah Pictures or Cheetah Films, whatever it's called. He has probably put out at least eight or nine movies in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Ain't complaining about can't make my movies, and he ain't even finished high school. (laughs) He's not even a director. He has not put in the work as a John Singleton and or a Spike Spike Lee. Lee. But in the last ten years, I guarantee you, he has had more movies released than either one of those guys, and he is an owner. He's self-made at this point. So I don't really get their argument right. or what they're talking about, only because these guys have proven that you can do it yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they just are old school or their ego. I think they're part of that. Oh, I think it's they're part of that old mentality, man, yeah. where we're still looking for handouts. And you're right. Uh, trailblazers like, it's crazy to say, 50 Cent and Tyler Perry are saying, okay, we have our own now. So we hire the mm-hmm. actors we want, we create the stories we want. And they're filthy rich. Yeah. At the end of the day, Tyler Perry, one of the highest paid, he's bald. He's, he's balling. He's, he's doing his, he's, he's united, you know, hooking up with other celebrities, you know, Oprah, blah, doing deals. I don't see the problem. I don't know why Spike, Spingleton, whoever, Maddie Rich, I'm just throwing it. What's the problem? Now, yeah. Spike Lee, I give him credit. Like I said, his last movie was his latest what one. What was his last movie? Uh, oh, okay. uh, Red Hook Summer. Oh yeah, okay. And now he's got a new one coming out called Old Boy, mm-hmm. which is actually a remake of a, of a very uh, cult classic Japanese movie. It's gonna mm-hmm. be an American version of that. Can't wait to see it. And then the movie that he's gonna do next is Independent, and he went to Kickstarter, got over a million dollars to do it. It's gonna wow. be a movie about people addicted to blood, and he's not okay. saying anything else. So, I mean, yeah. he's sort of taking it in his own hands, but I don't know why Singleton. He can do the same thing. I mean, he's done the, a so, lot of so classic the, movies. The moral of the story is, man, if you want to tell your story, you want to write your story, you have to be able to to create that momentum on your own. You can't wait yeah. for anybody to give you anything. And these guys are proven to have done it before, so right. I don't really see what's the problem. Uh, yeah, maybe Hollywood doesn't want to fund 
that particular movie that's not going to have white screen, you know, and, mainstream and, and, appeal. I get it. Right. But, but also, you know what I mean? Instead of hating on Tyler Perry, they need to try to work with Tyler Perry. Like, uh, we always want to mm-hmm. conquer and divide, you know, divide and conquer, rather. Um, and as opposed to saying you don't like the way this man does his business or the characters he puts on screen, why can't you guys collaborate? Exactly. So, why don't you, why can't you get your ego down and say, you know right. what, Tyler, man, you got the, you know, you have the uh, infrastructure set up. You got the own your own studio. You got the deals. Listen, I am, I have a vision. You know, I, you know, I know how to make movies. I'm Spike Lee. I know how he to get down. Even, we know who's. He wouldn't even have to explain himself, can, man. Can, can That's I a get, dynasty. Yeah. Can I be a part of this so you can put my movie? absolutely? Now, see, will his ego allow him when, to do that? Hell, well, black people. That's, nope. that's the crab nope. in the barrel, man. Yep. <laughs> New niggas who's doing it, who's taking the lead from what you took the baton. And went to the next level. Now, old, you know, OG head. Did you say tooken? You said tooken the lead, hey, taken. taken. You know what? I'm, I'm a English lesson after I this. I want to rain on beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, fool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, are, are we as black people going to allow ourselves to be, a, you know what? He's doing it. Let me go ahead and unite with him. Oh, man, his movies suck, man. That nigga ain't doing it. He ain't that. I mean, it's the same old story. And then they're going to be, and then nigga ain't shit. And then the white man ain't going to let us do nothing. Right. I mean, yes, yeah, that on, old man. mentality, dude. So, okay, what's the next story? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what we'll do, actually? We'll take a quick break. We'll play some jazz. I'll whip my hair back and forth. I'll whip my hair back and forth. I'll whip my hair back and forth. I do believe I'm the best for you 
said, okay, yeah, I'm this and I got this degree and this degree, but I have weave, I, w- I wouldn't be able to tolerate that. Because, see, you got to take it off. She's like, you got to take off the eyelashes. That's not for me. I mean, for my wife, I just can't take it. You, but you, it looks let me, good. Let me just be clear. So you don't like anything that's not natural? No, no. Oh, no. That's just you? That's just me. That's but my don't opinion. you see how, as men, we contribute to what women are doing, right? Yeah. I mean, I see what you're doing, and some of it looks good, but for, for most of the sisters, you don't need that in your head. Just take it out. Well, she said All it's right. going to be in no matter what. You said you're going to have a weave no matter what. No matter what, I'm going to have a weave. Maybe so, but don't, it don't match downstairs either. So you need to just make it all the one way. <laughs> it don't match downstairs. No, no the carpet <laughs> don't match the drapes. That's what I'm saying. That right there is what it is. But I'm saying to you, you don't need that. Because here's what, here's what will happen with most men. And I'm just going to be honest. Because it's an honest show, right? Here's the deal. This is the deal. What I'm trying to explain to you, sister, is this. If you was to take that off, if you take that off, guess what? I pay more attention to your face. I bet you would. Yes, I would. I bet you would. I wouldn't even look at all because that gets in the way. No, it doesn't. All right. Because I can't take you to the pool. I guarantee you, you'll be looking I'll pay more attention to your face. Dwayne, thank you. I'll see any other gentlemen have any comments? You guys? You wow. guys, you guys I think, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. And drink, 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 and uh, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about weaves, baby. <laughs> let's talk about let's all talk the good things. And the bad, and the bad things. things. <laughs> that may be. Let's talk about weaves. So, there's been a lot of talk online lately, I've noticed, uh, through social media, about hair weaves, uh, hair hats, as some people are calling them, extensions. Um, I- I'm just very curious about this topic, you know. And let me let me just get out here and say, like, I like all hairstyles, you know. I like women who have dreads. Yeah, put natural. that disclaimer out there. Dude. I, I like women who have long. I, you know, you're in here. You have very long hair. I have a very long accessory it right looks now. Fabulous. Absolutely. It looks dope. I listen. It looks good. So I, I just put that out there front. But I, well, t- 
to me, I was like, the, can we be honest? Like, can we weave honest? <laughs> yeah, can we weave honest? What is the fascination or what is the reason behind African-American women particularly? Why do they wear weaves? Okay, There's so okay, if you're well, asking, ahead, if asking, you're asking you. and I'm, I'm just one woman, I don't sure. represent all women, but you know, it can be a protective style for your hair. Like to do our hair on a daily basis, to mm-hmm. wash it, to put heat on it is damaging. So to and, and explain to me why you would put heat on it. Flat iron, curling oh, okay. iron, you know, blow dryer. Gotcha. To have to do that every day, every other day is extremely damaging to our hair. So a lot of times it's a lot easier to get it braided up. This is the process for a weave, to get it okay. braided up, mm-hmm. to get the hair sewn in, and to let your hair have a break. And that's the truth. Now, okay. okay. Now, that makes sense to me. Now, you know, my issue is sisters who have damaged hair and put a weave in there to try to make it look like they have hair. Because if your hair is damaged and you're adding this hair, mm-hmm. it's not going to look right. It's, it's, it's going to be an extremely tacky situation going on on the top of your dome. Okay. I have an issue with that. Now, a sister who's doing it for just a protective style, protective meaning you're just protecting your hair, your hair is healthy, mm-hmm. you keep your hair conditioned, that person has hair. It's just a, it's just a style. Okay. Now, you know, I'm going to look at a man. Yeah. Going back to the conk. And cause to me, this was sort of the very early, mm-hmm. you know, men used to do this. It's just we used to straighten our hair. You know, hey, I had a jerry curl. You did. Perm, too. whatever, all that. Scary you know, curl. I had all that. Curl. And going back, yeah, I remember, you know. Shag. Well, it was yeah, toe shag. up. You did have a shag. I saw was, it. Was I really toe Whatever. Up? Thank you. Okay. Ready um, for the world. Wow. <laughs> but and you even go back earlier um, in the 60s and 50s men were conking their hair now I want to say why were they doing because we weren't doing it to protect our hair no it was a style we were it was a style but why, what was it a style of why was it a style? What were we I, I trying think, to look like? I think like? it said status. I think it said something about who you were in the st- mainly in the streets because I don't know if there were professional men sure. wearing those styles, but men who were artists. Um, it said you were hip. It said that you sure it, it did. And but why? What were they trying to emulate? Because that's not their look. So you're trying to say they were trying to emulate white men. Well, I'm not trying to say. I am saying it's obviously trying to look like a European vision of how hair should look. Um, That's my opinion. I I could be wrong, but I'm thinking. So are you saying that's the that's the deal with women today is that we're trying to emulate our white counterparts? And I don't think you're I don't think women are uh, admittedly or even consciously trying to emulate mm-hmm. their white counterparts. But I do think that is a component. At the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's a component of why. is Because I ask myself this, because what other nationalities are trying to mimic African-American hair? Oh, they all. Well, maybe not African-American On the level hair, that we are doing. But today. I mean, white women are in the tanning booth giving themselves cancer, skin cancer. Sure. You know, they want black women But the majority behind. of people getting tans versus the majority of women getting weaves. White women get weaves too. Don't get it twisted. I, I agree, but they're not getting weaves to look like they're not getting Afro weaves. No. So that's see, that's where I'm going. So 
Why are not other nationalities? But black women, going I mean, black get, women get all look, kind of waves. We get dreads. We well, get there's Afro kinky. I wore I didn't know Afro. That. That's interesting. I didn't know yeah, that. I wore Afro kinky, which is the kind of Afro look for probably five or six years. I loved Afro kinky hair. Was that your real hair? No, I'm saying what? a weave. I had no idea. Wait, hold up. It depends on what. Shut up. Okay, wait. <laughs> let me explain. <laughs> My hair has been natural for the last 20 years, period. Okay. Let's, get right. that, let's get that straight. Sure. But when I would rock my, my braids, my single braids, mm-hmm. I would get Afro kinky hair. So the Afro kinky mm-hmm. hair made it look like a big Afro. I appreciated that look. Okay. Right. I've done dreads. I've sure. had fake dreads in my hair. When I went to Ghana, I had them. It's, it's the, yep, they, they braid in yarn. That I had makes no it idea like, you could do that. Yeah. I'm going to give me a dread wig, but go ahead. <laughs> Roots and culture, <laughs> big ups. But what I'm saying is, is that it's not only the 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 virgin Indian hair that sure. black women get. We get it all. We're diverse that way, okay, though. Okay. I agree. But let's be honest. We're gonna have an honest conversation. Yeah. Predominantly, are we running around with Afro kinky weaves and hair hats, or are we wearing <laughs> <laughs> hair hats? <laughs> Shout out to Tommy But are Ooh, we wearing perm? Uh, okay, hold on. Wait a minute. European Let me say this. Looking here, I'm I just think we're. I think we're. I would say probably. I would say probably eighty percent are wearing the European, okay. virgin Indian hair, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But yeah. it depends on where you are. Because in Brooklyn, you know what I mean. We all had. We were rocking braids. We were rocking Afro kinky weaves. Sure. We were. It depends on where you are. Okay, well, that's fine. So I, I guess I the bigger it. issue is is why are we rock, rocking weaves, period. You know, and to me, it's just hair is, I don't think any woman should be attached to hair. It's an accessory at the end of the day. Like, you should have healthy hair because it's a part mm-hmm. of your body. It's a part of you. What's wrong and it's a reflection wearing, of you. What's wrong with, the other question, real quickly. So you said about maybe 80%. How, no, let me ask, how many... What's the percentage just in top of your head, what do you think, of African-American women who wear weaves versus who don't? Man. Or have their hair straightened? Let me be clear. Man, and, and you know, straighten can mean a lot of things. Straighten can mean that you just go in and you get it flat iron, you get mm-hmm. it hot combed, or you get a perm. Sure. But nonetheless, straighten. I would probably say... I would probably say 80% at least. Okay. And versus... let's. You know, we can start out uh, Caucasian white women. How many of them do you think have their hair changed from their natural natural look versus who don't? Right. Okay. And I'm a, and, and and I'm not trying to use this as a cop out, but then nobody is in the school system, just like the situation we had with the young woman um, who the policy was at her charter school that any hairdo like afros dreads or can mm-hmm. be distracted to a student is unacceptable you don't have people saying to white children asian children that their hair is unacceptable because it's kinky because it's dreaded because it's in its natural state did somebody sound, did somebody tell that to you absolutely really? when i was a little girl I, I was always told my hair was nappy and kinky who told you that my uh, my mama my okay. grandmother and oh, so right. i'm not saying that it doesn't come from other people or, so or other came races from, came from us yeah well, okay so yeah 
I'll say that, uh, you know, and, and it comes from us. It comes from the media images. It comes from this, the things we see around us as beautiful. It's like the I, I call it the moth versus the butterfly theory, like the butterfly and the moth basically function in the same way. But the moth is looked at as ugly and the butterfly is looked mm-hmm. at as beautiful. So and, so would it be fair to say that our natural unless we're talking about our women, mm-hmm. is it fair to say that our na- our women's natural look has been sort of brainwashed should be a hard word but it's been encouraged to to imply to us that it's not the look to have yeah absolutely i could say that you know but even in a situation where you got a little girl who her parents are embracing her natural hair she had locks the little girl who uh was sent home and basically kicked out of school she still goes to school and they say this is unacceptable this is not that's fine I mean, it's not fine. Well, I mean, it's, but, and it's, so I'm it's saying, fine in the sense that we're have, not gonna we're not gonna fall and let them have dominion over us because they say but so. But they but they have in many ways. I'm just saying that I think that we have been brainwashed. We give them dominion over us. Uh, you know, I, I hate to always take things back to the days of slavery, but you could just you could see the preferential treatment to the slave who was mulatto. She became a house nigga as opposed to one in the fields she mm-hmm. was given you know better treatment she was taught to read blah 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 blah. so i think that yes is that we, any different from now i mean it's, it's, that's what i'm saying so i think that we feel like our men are more accepting to us we're more accepted in the sure. in the in the you know in corporate america so if our hair we, is straight when do we stop it i like, don't know how, how, you you just said it eloquently enough and, and it's still going on it's sort of a different way of it but it's the same sort of underlying thing mm-hmm. when do so we know this now like yeah. we have knowledge to understand we're sitting here talking but when do we say you know what this ain't right like I'm getting over because of there's this you know wrongness in the world or in our culture and when we acknowledge start, what it is but i'm gonna go along with it anyway because it's the only way i can be successful. you know like, everybody has to take you have to take because i feel like men so I, I i feel like you know like when you had the jury curl days <laughs> and where, where dudes were like, were getting their stuff down. right but we started to say you know what we're not gonna do that anymore what? It just faded out. It wasn't well, no, like you took a stand I mean, at the Million Man <laughs> March and said, no more jerkers, no more cunks for the black man. But it became, That's not what in happened. In the culture, it became a no-no. It just, no, it just it Yeah, just it, faded in the culture, out. it became a no-no. You would get clowned if you had a jerker. And you would get clowned. That's what I'm saying. So, so okay, if brothers start clowning sisters for having weaves, well, and if people start saying, kind of what's going on. no, it's not. A no, it's not, bit. yo. The, all the sisters in the videos, all the sisters in the magazines, well, all of the sisters on you're going the reality off the shows, not to say imagery. that those should be our role models, right? But you don't see, you don't see women in politics, black women in politics, are the ones. The same reason I say that because in the media, mm-hmm. they had no problem pumping Michael Jackson and Prince's image to us that were giving us these effeminate sort of versions of black men. But us, the people in the streets, oh, were saying, hell, "No, we are going to go behind Run DMC and LL Cool J and this new version of black man." Is that's not, not the be new. That's entertainment. Well, Don't, no, but, but that's but, not but, our well, leaders. You, Don't you, say again, that again. But I'm just using the same argument you said. You said the media is giving us this image. <sighs> and I'm telling image, you, right. we rejected the media's predominant image of us in the 80s was michael jackson and yeah Prince. so where did the pants but, sagging come into play because well, I, that's why i'm telling you what we the streets 
went to a more harder image of a black man and we that's wanted to be the gangster good. and not that's to say not that it good. was good but we took control to say we reject this look and we'll take on I'm this saying. other negative image I'm, again i'm not i'm not condemning right. i'm not saying uh, other none of it's i'm right. just saying in terms of we decided we weren't going to do this they yeah. didn't tell us that the perm wasn't good we told them it wasn't wasn't good but you just said that they're telling us that the weave and the thing is good but i'm saying the only way we can change that if we just look back is with men we decided we weren't going with the wussy look anymore oh, we're we gonna go, go with, with the, the hard thugged out niggerish look hey you can call it what you want but I that was did. the look of the that was the look of the people why do we so this yeah, is the that was the look of, of hip-hop the look of hip-hop was oh us. god I, oh god ah, i'm not gonna see. claim that you don't say so we weren't wearing shell tops we weren't wearing lees and this that's our fashion and we became popular but that came from the streets where did it come popular from? culture i just i mean hip-hop culture where did it come from it came from the streets right yeah that look it was yeah. not what was predominantly being pushed on us. It was what we could afford. Even the gangster culture was based off of what those people had, not because that's what was fashionable in the world. And all then I'm it became sa- fashionable. That's all I'm saying. Right. Look, look, all I'm, so, when do, so I guess the question is, is when do women start to really just celebrate their natural beauty? I don't know where it starts. Like, I, I think that... I don't know that women would or can. Not to say that they don't have the strength to do it, but I think... There's so many things that sort of contribute to separating of like black women from the family and from black men. And because of the situation where you have single black mothers and how the court systems are set up and blah, blah, blah. I don't think that they would. I don't think they would like. And I hate to make it sound like this, but they're not going to leave their white daddy. And leave their job in situation and take a stand because they have to take care of the family. They have to take care of the community in some respects. Like they have this thing like I have the kids, I have this job, I have and, this and, 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 so, and, and I can't it, leave look, that look, behind right, because but it's, you it's, want me to be I mean it's so blah. deep. Let me say like you know, I talk to sisters all the time who say, I would love to wear my hair natural, but I'll be quite honest with you. I wouldn't know what to do with it. I wouldn't know how to comb it. I wouldn't know mm-hmm. what to put in it. My hair is extremely dry. So, you know, it's this whole reconditioning of even just, first of all, understanding how to take care of our hair in its natural state, because I've had a perm. I've had it straight since I was five. So this isn't something as easy as men saying, women, you know, take off your wigs, your weaves and stop pressing your hair curling your hair and just go natural it's not that simple like it's about knowledge and understanding of how to appreciate celebrate and care for our hair in its natural state and i agree and i and you know like i said at the beginning i don't have any problem i like it like i like the way it looks but i, I just want us to be honest to understand like where it comes from or where part of it comes from and why Bump it's going all that. on. Bump all At the that. same I, time, though, I think it's great that a person's like, I want to look like this and no, this is look, what I want to do. Look, Just like is, if a dude wants fashion, to have a perm, it's about fashion. then have it. It's about being... I, I think it is some of fashion, but I just is. say, honestly, it isn't all about fashion. This is what I'm saying. It should be about fashion. It should be about being, you know, whatever trend you're going through in that time in your life, as long as your hair is healthy. Now, sisters who are out here 
if you have a perm and it's damaging your scalp, which I think all perms do, that's just my take. Mm-hmm. If you if you are, as my grandma grandmother would say, picky headed, you shouldn't be putting nothing in your hair except going to the beautician trying to get your hair healthy. Now, if you come with a healthy head of hair, you can do whatever you want with it as long as it doesn't, you know, the things you're doing to it, it doesn't damage your hair. I think everything is about moderation and being healthy at the end of the day. And so, mm-hmm. if you want to weave it, you want to, you know, put a wig. I rocked a wig for. For a year to grow my hair out so for me it wasn't about huh i was giving you that side eye look i see you looking at me out of your little periphery but this was in new york this was in new york people wear wigs all the time it's not a big deal for me it was about wearing the wig to grow my hair out so that my hair could be healthy stop give it a break give me one (laughs) i'm serious are you going back you gonna yes. get your jerry curl yeah. back mm-hmm. oh, boy. so I'm just saying with women I think you should take an assessment of where your hair is in its state and it should be about first and foremost how, having healthy hair and then if you want to be trendy and fashionable do different things with it but just make sure that it's not compromising everything is a compromise but to the point where you are extremely just damaging your hair that's my bottom line do what you want I, I agree I, I, I don't do what you want. I mean, I'm just saying, if it was all about fashion, there would be other women who would be fashionalizing their hair. I don't worry based about what other women other do. Based on other looks, I don't worry about what other women well, do. No, well, I only say that to the sense of, you know, this is something that majority majority people who use weaves are African American women. I'm thinking. We really don't know because other women, you can't really tell. Yeah, but we take again, this to the extreme. They have a, a weave that looks like their normal hair. Right, we take so it that's to the extreme. Difference. Right. That's why I'm, see, that's kind of my point is they're not looking like you. They're looking like themselves. Right. So, and, and that's why my point is to say that we're not making it, predominantly, as you say, we're not making it look like ourselves. We're making it look like somebody else's look. Right. And I'm just saying, and I have no problem with that, but I'm just saying, we'd be honest about saying why we have this sort of thing, why it looks like that, because nobody else is trying to look like us. As opposed, people, to, as opposed to how many of us look, look like look, us. I know, but as opposed to how many of us are looking like them. And yeah. again, I don't know what it's like in women in Africa, dark-skinned women, do they do this as, as many women numbers? Women in Africa? Wait, we wait what's that got to do with well, dark no, skin? I'm, I'm talking about black women. Mm-hmm. Where does dark American, skin come in? Huh? Where did where did the dark skin come in? What do you mean? You said women in Africa dark skin. Women well, in Africa black, are the whole spectrum of sure. Of there's black. many other women who live in Africa as well. There's white people that live in Africa, but I don't think they're they're not getting. I don't know. Are they getting Afro? Yeah, you go to Japan, they get Afro. That was the thing to get your hair perm. It, it was a fad. Yeah, I agree. absolutely. But again, there's the numbers though don't correlate right. with the numbers of us. That's all. I'm saying. Okay, okay. So let, let's just say this, y'all. <laughs> let's just say this. Like, if you're ahead, doing, if you're, if you're doing, if you're getting your hair weaved up, damaging your hair and stuff, so that a man you can attract a man or you can be accepted in certain arenas as far as professionally and stuff like that. I think you should really take a look at. I think that is some form of self-hatred. Mm, interesting. I'll agree with you on that. If it's just a, you know, protective style for you, it's a trend, it's a fad. If I get a no if I get a perm wig, wig, wig is that wig is that a self-hatred? Or is that me just trying to have a style? That's you looking and like a you, fool. And would you accept it? <laughs> <laughs> That's you looking crazy. I just showed up one day and I just had like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know neither. I don't know neither. Zooped. 
Anyway, <laughs> I had that Bella Lagosa look. Like a werewolf. All right, what's next? <laughs> Retarded. <sighs> Breathe. Take, go. You don't know Natchet. Where we at? So the next story is uh, we got to do a ratchet of the week. Oh, it's so ratchet. Do we really want to talk about this? MTOmediatakeout.com. Exclusive rumor. Exclusive, exclusive. So you got to be serious. Now, this is the sort of news that you might not see on Fox News or CNN, but. You don't think? You might see it on BT. Okay. Drake and Nikki had a huge fight. This is the Mm -hmm, rumor. mm -hmm, Nikki mm -hmm. allegedly let him eat the box. And when she was done, told him to beat it. Really? Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, really? So, so apparently cares? the rumor is, is that, like you said, Drake, he's always sort of alluded that he has some sort of... Thing for Nicki Minaj. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicki Minaj. Yeah. And apparently he must have caught her on a weeknight or something. And she said, hey, you know what? Go ahead and eat the, quote unquote, eat the box. Uh, yeah. And then knock him out the box, Rick. He's done with that. And apparently, she doesn't want to do it back. And she's like, You can kick rocks, beat it. And again, apparently, there's some sort of riff in the camp. Um, (laughs) Listen, I saw this headline and I was was like, Is this serious? Like, this sounds so ridiculous and so classless. It's so ratchet. Like, but this is where we're at right now. No, it's not where we're at. These sort of stories on our we're know, talking about it popular co- that's what they want you to do well, you course. fell into it <laughs> i fell into you're the in box. the matrix <laughs> you fell into the I box fell into the box i mean uh, what do you think about this, this is, i don't think jack about it it's a very it's important just, topic it is really really not except <laughs> all i want to say is yeah you do me and beat it <laughs> that's wow. all i really want to say you're single right yeah there you go, go next Nikki. story go nikki <laughs> Beat it, beat it. We have a next story. Oh, yeah, we do, actually. I think our last one here. And uh, we'll get to this in one second. Okay, so here we go. This is on uh, concrete, ConcreteLoop.com. Shout out to Angel. I see you. I read your book. Uh, so this is a headline. Black men sentenced to 26 years after standing his ground in, in Florida. Florida. And... Uh, I need to you zoom don't. in. Hold on one second. Big, yeah. Ratchet reporting. But apparently, a young veteran of the military, actually, I'm going to read a little bit. This uh, doesn't come as a surprise, but it sure feels unfathomable. Another African-American man in the state of Florida was sentenced to 25 years in prison for standing his ground against an attacker, Michael Giles. Excuse me was attacked outside of a club in Tallahassee, Florida, three years ago. His assailant openly admitted during court that he assaulted the military veteran without being provoked because he was angry at someone who interrupted his dance. (laughs) Okay. (sighs) Now, I want you to guess the race of that person. Right. (laughs) Come on, people. Um, Anyway... Uh, he wanted to act out on any the next person he saw. He was just that mad because somebody interrupted him doing the WAP or whatever they or twerking or whatever the hell he was doing. <laughs> Having acted erratically, even the attacker's own friend stated she was afraid of what he would do. 
State witnesses testified that some 30 to 40 people were involved with the brawl. It was during the massive scuffle that Giles felt threatened, and as he is trained to do, he decided to act on an attempt to jump back on his feet and flee. He pulled out his legally registered weapon and accidentally struck but did not seriously injure his attacker on the lake. In spite of momentarily of monumental evidence from witnesses that Giles was attacked without being uh, groated, he didn't do anything, he was sentenced to a mandatory minimum mm. of 25 years behind bars. Wow. This is a quote from the judge. The judge says, frankly, I think the 25-year-old mandatory, I think the 25-year mandatory sentence is overly harsh based on the facts of the case, but that's what the law requires I do, and I intend to follow the law. Wow. So here's a case of a young man. He's actually in the military. He just actually got back from doing a tour in Iraq, comes back, and he's got to go do 25 years. Wow. in prison for standing his ground just as George Zimmerman did mm-hmm. and he's going down for this so he's fighting for his country so that he can go serve part of his life in prison what's your, what's your thoughts on this I just think that it shows that um, you know things haven't changed a lot in our, our society that uh, we still, the laws don't necessarily aren't applicable to us. I mean, the judge would, would disagree and say that he is enforcing the law, but this man was standing his ground. His uh, weapon was, you know, a legal weapon. It was, he had every right to carry his weapon and to protect himself. And yet the law says that he was in the wrong. Um, and I think it's, it's basically, this is where, you know, it's because he was black. I don't, yeah, I, I would I would agree. I mean, it's just this is sad. This is a messed up story. It's not fair. There's now you it's know there's a fair. petition. I don't know what that's going to do, but there is a petition to sort of get his sentence, uh, you know, pulled or lessened the years. And why don't we really? I mean, why aren't these stories more? You know, get more coverage, and and people aren't up in arms about it because this is the first time I heard about it. Well, this, you know, I don't, this did just come out today, at least on the site. They just posted it. So I don't know if it's maybe going to get some more news. I, I hope it does because, again, you know, they can use the part of this is, you know, he is a father. He is a U.S. airman. I guess he's in the Air Force. I mean, he's a military guy, right? Like, yeah, he, he served his country. I'm sure he doesn't have any prior record. Mm-mm. Yeah. And he was standing his ground in Florida. He, was, he for, didn't have anything to do with the attacker coming. He didn't know this person. He was attacked. Mm-hmm. And he's defending himself. Registered, a registered legal, legal gun. Sure. And I've argued, if some of you have heard on some of the other shows, I argue us to get registered and to stand our ground as American citizens. We have the right to carry, carry arms. But it's no different than the, the sister in Florida, the Florida mom who uh, received a 20-year sentence for firing right. a warning shot in her home because of her, her abusive, you know, domestic violence uh, scenario, or not scenario, but, but situation with her husband. Right. She was afraid of her husband who was in the house, who wasn't living there at the time, but came to... I don't know, see the kids or get something. I don't know exactly what the situation was. She shot a warning um, shot from her gun into the ceiling, from her gun into the ceiling, and she got 20 years. 
20 years wow. and you know they kind of, they they tried to say it was because the kids were in the house which I, I i do you know take issue with her children being in the house and shooting a gun in the air but there was no reason for this woman to get 20 years in prison for that but yes. she did black woman that's why we have to we have to like you know stand up for that we need to be, uni- be united so that we can sort of say that hey we don't we're not going for this. This is not acceptable. We want change. But until we get united, like you said, you you haven't heard of it. A lot of people probably haven't. And then we got the crabs in the barrel mentality that, oh, well, hey, better him than me. Or This is all messed up, man. And this is crazy. I, I just have to read this. Um, and I'm sure pretty a lot of people know the case. Marissa Alexander had never been arrested before she fired a bullet at a wall in 2010 when she felt her strange husband was threatening her. A move she described as a warning shot. She already she had already filed a restraining order against him. Nobody was hurt, but in May, a Northeast Florida judge was bound by state law to sentence her to 20 years. The 31-year-old mother of a toddler and 11-year-old and 11-year-old twins um, has been sentenced to 30, or excuse me, 20 years. So. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. Oh. All right. Uh, last story of the day. Keep it moving. We end this on an up note, though, as they say, haters are going to hate. Uh, Forbes has recently released their top highest grossing celebrity couples. And I thought this was of note to bring up because number one is Jay-Z and Beyonce. At, they're sitting at uh, 95 million. And let me just read a little bit of you know, sort of what gets them in that position says both are musicians at the top of their games with multiple hits under their belts. Jay-Z's recent watch the throne album with platinum and launched a world tour that brought in 1.4 million per night in America. Uh, Beyonce who took a short break when her daughter blue Ivy was born in January last year was back with the vengeance this year with her miss Cotter. Jay-Z's last name. How many, Women keep your last name, keep the name of their husband. Uh, World tour, which grossed an average of two million per night, and of course they have many other businesses going on. Jay Z, of course, you know, owner of uh, the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, and the Brooklyn Nets play, and did the very uh, savvy deal with Samsung for his new album. I, I have to just say, you know what? Kudos to them. Um, I I like it that they're a very young couple. They're married. They're very much entrenched in pop culture, uh, and they you know have very strong family sort of thing. They've had a daughter, and uh, they're showing you that you can be married and you can be very successful. Uh, they're young, like I said. They're black, and again, if you look back twenty, thirty years, you would have never saw young black people at the top of a celebrity, not just black celebrity, but just in general. A list of something like this. I think it's really good. Uh, I think they do a very good job in what they're doing. They don't have to agree with everything their messages are, but at the end of the day, they're handling their business. They're united. They, you know, rub shoulders with the most powerful people in the world, the President of the United States. They're in the White House. Yeah, give me props, man. What's your take there, Toya? No comment. Wow. I mean, I, I think it's I think it's wonderful. I'm I'm happy to Toya see Toya Singleton. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm happy to see you know black couples 
healthy black couples making it and um I think that's cool. I do. Yippee hooray. Wow. Kumbaya. I, I get a sense of a little cynicism. <laughs> I mean, it's it's whatever. It's cool. What's your problem with Jay Z and Beyonce? I don't have a problem with Jay Z and Beyonce. <laughs> I mean Air it out, man. What's up? I don't have an issue. I don't it's you all don't even love. know him. I, I, what? Right. I just said I don't have an issue. Okay, well, you sound like yippee kaye. Yippee-yay, 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 kaye, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's cool. That's really sweet. I mean, I want, I mean, my thing is, and you know, What did you, you say you offline? Want. You said they didn't get, ain't giving back nothing. They, they aren't giving back anything. I How mean, do you know that? I, as far as I know, they aren't. Does that mean they're not doing it because you don't, don't know, know about I'm it? I'm just saying that's my that's doesn't my opinion. Be, doesn't JC has this foundation thing? For yeah, kids. okay. I mean, he's sure, just, whatever. Wow. See, so this is a black. This is what I'm talking about, black people. You know, I'm I'm still a little sour about his beef with um huh? with Harry Harry Bell. Was it Harry Belafonte? <sighs> What, yeah, what? Why are you sorry about that? What was the problem? Uh, it is there's a big problem. Like, dude, stay in your lane, man. Like. For real, stay in your lane. Yeah, you're making money now, but you still have to respect the elders who came before you. And so, for was you know, he ever disrespectful to you? Hell yeah, he was disrespectful. He said it in his in his song. You know, talking about was was Harry Belafonte disrespectful? Oh well, to you Jay-Z? take that. You take that. That's an elder man. An elder can so an elder can be disrespectful to you. He can say what you want, and you, in a very respect respectful way, can can respond, can react. But you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Your last album was successful, but it wasn't because you did anything different than you did when you first when you does made your it first album. It does matter because now, because you are making, you know, between you and your wife, seventy five, ninety million dollars a year. It's like you should, huh? I just say ninety five. Ninety five million dollars, cool. You should be able to take a different stance as a grown man and stop talking about bitches' cars and you know trends Why? like in clothes. Why not, man? That's part of the growth. That should be part of the growth. Same thing with Dude. Beyonce. Like, there you know, go. I understand you're go. a brand and I understand that that's how you make your <laughs> money is by, <laughs> you know, just basically selling these pipe dreams. But at what point what do you What dream say, is she selling? She's a singer. Yeah. She's an R&B pop singer. What right, dream is she that selling? That a lot of people look up to. But that's, at what that, point? But, but she's not selling you a dream. She is yeah. what she is. No. Was Madonna selling us a dream? Sure. Was Whitney yeah. selling us yeah, a dream? Absolutely. How were they actually selling you? A All dream? I'm saying to you is, who is going to be the person? You like a, a Harry Belafonte stood up for something. Yes, he was an entertainer, but at Great. some point, at some point, he became a well-known activist within our community. That's perfect. The world. Does that give him a pass he, to say whatever he wants to say about somebody? It gives him a pass to be able to make nobody a statement. Get, nobody gets a pass. Nobody gets a pass to be. To put somebody else on blast and not think they're gonna say something about you. Yo, if I was Jay Z and he had said that, I w- I would have said something. I'm like, why why are you bringing my name? Why why would you come at me? Okay, to me can, as an older person, as an older person, he should have enough to know that I'm not gonna go on the media and blast our youth. They don't have the they don't know what I know. Let me reach out to them personally and, and pull coats. As a black person, you should. As an older black person, you're going to be like, let me go out here in the white media and make our young people look crazy? That's what they want you to do. He should know better than that. Nah, man. That's, what my, that's my whole thing. I was like, what real cat would just go out and make us look foolish? How does that help? He created drama, and then Jay-Z has to say something. Again, it's all negative. 
but he was the first one to launch the missile. Like he should have just said, "Let me go holler at Jay." Personally, I he got enough Harry juice. That I, a, he called him a boy. Of course, he, called him a boy. he, he no, has he to say he's no. a man. He's gonna say something. Who's a man? Jay Z is no, a man. A, he's a, not. Gonna, a man would take the stance of like no, this is a an elder. man. What an elder would have said. Let me holler at this young cat. Let me pull his coat personally. Now let me say, uh, you ain't as down as Bruce Springsteen. That's hate to say that in the media world. A real black dude would have a leader, older gentleman. I already know the game. I've been in the game. I fought for the game. I know they want us to make us look stupid. And I'm going to compare him to a white man in the game. That's not love. There's no love in that. You don't get a pass for that. That's wrong. That's my opinion. And the crowd goes silent. Um, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm reviewing a, a few things here. But I understand what you're saying. But at no point should a younger cat... You know, who is basically, you're standing on the shoulders of a Harry Belafonte. A Harry Belafonte. And he's coming at you. Foul. What Whatever. do you do? Whatever. In, in the hip hop well, sort so of maybe, connotation so maybe, of So maybe Jay-Z, don't nobody care about, well, nobody, that never ever would have come to light. Nobody ever would have had anything to say about that until Jay-Z called Harry Belafonte a boy. That's when all the shit hit the fan. Yo, Jay-Z, Again, could, it, it was easily a who phone. Who brought the drama to Whatever. the game? Whatever. I mean. Harry Belafonte can do that. And he and he'll be consequences. Man, now no the damn. other guy, Jay Z, ain't no consequence to a Harry Belafonte. All your little, hey. all the money in the world, and all of the the, the albums you can put <laughs> out will never amount to what this man has been able to do. I'm not saying for a do. culture or a nation. Very so, true, but everybody has their time and place. Wait, wait. So Jay Z can put a Harry Belafonte in his place? I don't think so. No, I, I didn't say that. I did not say that. That's what you just said. I, I said think he thought everybody he could, but he can't. Their, no, everybody has their time and place. Now, Harry Belafonte is not as relevant. He's uh, whatever. Can What's I relevant? Because he's can what? I mm. He's not as relevant. I'm sure to the audience of Jay Z, he is relevant to us. Like we know history. But to the people, I would imagine the most probably white kids who listen to Jay-Z don't know who Harry Belafonte yeah, is. Yeah, so for you, and you should have thought about that. And you should have hold up. You should have been, you you know been smart. He you should knows been smart that. Enough. Exactly. You know, Harry Belafonte enough. knows that. That's why he put that bill. That's why he said Bruce Springsteen's name. Let me pull in a white icon who I know they know and say that he ain't as black as he's more blacker than you. That's a shot. And he's giving that shot to white people. Because he didn't, why would you say that, right? Because he knows that. He's smart. He's not stupid. That's why I say it's foul to me. What he's doing is very slick talk. And he's falling back on I'm Harry Belafonte. I can get away with that. But it's really slick talk that he's doing. He's not helping the culture by doing that. You don't, you don't go up there and say, hey, young brother, I don't really think that you're doing it right. And as a matter of fact, um, Who's a prominent Justin Timberlake is more black than you? Almost that's love. <laughs> what the fuck? And I ain't never said it about like why would you even mention my name? And then you just gonna go on me and call me the the white guy is blacker than me? Really? And I'm supposed to just take? Oh, he's right. No, no, you could have responded, but the way you should have responded should have been in a respectful well, manner, hey, period. When, it's, when you come with disrespect period. sometimes, another man is not going to come with respect. That's just a part of that, just life. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. But hey, I, I hear you. <laughs> I, I, I'm done. 
I'm done. Cause, we're not. It's just we're a not done. Way. It's just a different way that Jason could have responded. That's all I'm saying. I agree with you. I mean, it could have had a different way, but you have to acknowledge he did kind of come at him a little funny style. Yeah, I mean, he he said that their their lack of social responsibility to the community needed to be addressed. And, and then he said a white man has more part of the community than you are. I mean, that's some crazy stuff to say. You have to acknowledge that. That's well, that that's the, the way that you just said it is the way that Jay Z should have addressed it. But you don't do it in a song and say, well, you know, and call Harry Belafonte a boy. I'm sorry. Hey, I, I agree. I'm it, from it the is, south. Both of them were disrespectful. Well, so what? I mean, See, there you go. Okay, we can agree. With that. <laughs> Respect these youngins, boy. It's my time now. Hey, and it is his time. True. You don't know all the shit I do for homies. We don't. Whatever. Well, I will say this. I respect both of them. I would rather they keep that out of the media. It doesn't do us any good to be bickering out there in Front Street like that. I feel like they both should be able to go behind the scenes and take care of business. If you got issues, you deal. You know, at the end of, uh, that's, that's how I feel. You know, at the end of the day, they both do good work. I think they're both needed. I commend both of them. I think that Jay-Z is still growing and can change and learn. And I give him credit that he has went from being a very, just a rapper to where he's, you know, standing next to the president of the United States. You got to give him some credit for that. Um, People can change. You know, he's still young. I'm going to leave it on this note. Go ahead. Uh, This is an article that was written. Jay has to understand that when he talks down to Harry Belafonte as he does on nickels and dimes, he's only able to do so because he's standing on his shoulders. Jay is a midget and Mr. Belafonte is a giant in this equation. And so while Jay sees much further than Mr. Dayo, having achieved levels of success in music and business, his elder could never have dreamed of achieving in his lifetime. Jay needs to acknowledge that his success is predicated upon the sacrifices of men like a Harry Belafonte. On Nickels and Dimes, Jay raps that the walked through Jay raps that he walked through doors so that generations that follow him can kick them down. Those doors he walked through weren't unlocked by magic. They were unlocked by sacrifice. So while it's possible that he may be, mo- he may be more wrong than he is right in his assessment of J and B's commitment to our people's collective advancement, Mr. Belafonte's sacrifice has been earned. It has earned him the right to always tell you what you should be doing, even if you're doing it already. Period. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, that's the end of that conversation. All right. All right. I think that is all that we have today, actually. I'm very sure. Did you have any other thing you wanted to bring up? Nope. You sure? I'm done. All right. Well, hey, before we get out of here, I, we got to give a great shout mention. You're doing some very, very, very good work. Yay. Uh, we app. Yeah. Um, Explain a little bit about that. Where, where can they go to you know learn more about We App? Yeah, so I'm I'm really excited. This is our one year anniversary of my startup company, We App. Uh, App is an acronym for We Act, Present, and Perform. It has three tracks. I have a class. It's the Connect Within Public Speaking series for adults to learn uh, the secrets to public speaking as it relates to professional and personally. 
Um, and then the second track is the Young Artist Academy for youth ages 12 to 17 to learn the art of authentic conversations and public speaking through performing arts. And then we have a bonus uh, class that we do now. We have a partnership with Q13 where mm. we do a kid cast weather report and the kids do live. They report the, uh, the weather on a monthly basis. Nice. So if anybody's interested, um, if you really want to understand your authentic voice, you want to understand your instrument, instrument, the voice and how it works and how to celebrate it, please, please, please go to www.theweappstudio.com. That's www.theweappstudio.com and check out what we do. Yeah, and you know, I got to shout you out. You, you told me you got some great deals on the table and you're doing big things like i am actually you know i'm amazed and it's very good and it's uh, encouraging to see that you've taken something from conception taken excuse me taken something from conception <laughs> to reality to success and you, you've created your own avenue your own lane and you're being successful with it you're sticking with it mm-hmm. you're being consistent so that's a uh, very commendable i I am appreciative. I I do want to say, man, this has been as much of a learning experience for me as it is for my clients. Like every time I teach a class, I am also taking the class with them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, through this process, I'll be honest in saying out of all of the the public speaking engagements that I've done, I can now listen to my own voice Mm -hmm. and critique it, Mm -hmm. appreciate it and celebrate it in my last 15, 20 years of doing oratory, I wasn't able to do that. Um, So when I talk about people having an authentic voice and understanding it as an instrument, it's only because that's where I am in my life right now um, of accepting my own voice and and, and its power. All right, good. Well, hey, that's that confidence, being comfortable. I love it. So with that... We are going to say goodnight. You're listening to so Podcast Juice. Dot the show. Man, not your boy, Michael Dean. Toya Tanae Taylor. We'll see you next time. Leave us a comment on Facebook. We out.